Hallelujah. Good morning, saints. We have come into the house of the Lord to give him praise. We have come into the house of the Lord to commune with our Father God, the Holy One, the Redeemer of our souls, our joy, our strength, our peace. We bless you today, Father. We honor you, we adore you, we worship you. We give you thanks and praise for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, saints, this week, um, I was just meditating. The Lord was just speaking to me about his joy, about the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. And so I just meditated on that throughout the week. And we can walk in the joy of the Lord no matter when, no matter what's going on around us, and it becomes a strength unto us. So, of course, he took me to Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And, um, you know, the world, the world, is going through some troubling times, the world, right? But you see, we don't have to participate in the trouble. And there's a term that's flying around these days that I'm particularly displeased with. And you hear it a lot, the world speaking, and it speaks in terms of chaos. <laughs> well, you see, we don't have to reside in chaos. We don't receive chaos. That's not where our spirits are when we're born again. And so I'm particularly displeased, especially when I hear born-again, spirit-filled believers use that term in reference to their situation because it's such an untruth. It's such an untruth. It, it doesn't have to be that way, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what the circumstance is. And you see, because God does not live in a place of chaos. He doesn't live in a place of chaos. He lives in a place of peace and rest and joy. And he doesn't use that term to refer to himself. He doesn't use that term to refer to anything about him, any of his circumstances. He doesn't use that term. And so I don't guess that as born-again, spirit-filled believers, we should be using that term either. See, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. And that's where we reside. We need to, we need to keep that as our focus. I'm in the world, and it may be having issues, but I'm not of it. Those issues don't get inside of me because of the God I serve, because of the Father that I have. And you see, the thing is, as I'm transferred, I'm transferred from this kingdom into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And no chaos exists there. Okay? That's Colossians 1.13. So, rather, what I choose to focus on, what I choose to receive, what I've already received and I choose to walk in, is the peace and the joy of our Lord, the peace and the joy of our Father. I don't walk in chaos. I don't focus on chaos. I focus on the joy of the Lord, and it becomes a strength unto me. And I can do that no matter what the circumstances around me. So I made a PowerPoint 
And this is my personal definition of joy. Just, just my personal, my personal definition of joy. And it is a deep inner peace that comes from knowing God. A deep inner peace that comes from knowing, knowing God. When you know someone, you're, you've, you walk in intimacy with that person. You know them intimately. You know their character. You know their heart toward you. And God has a good heart toward us. He has good plans. He has goodness toward us in every situation. So to me, that's what peace is. It's knowing that God is love toward me. It's knowing that he is for me and that he keeps me in the palm of his hand no matter what. No matter what I do, he keep, his love forever pours out toward me and he keeps me there. And when I make mistakes, I serve a father who does not turn his face away from me. You see? It's having an assurance that that is the father that I have. So I went to Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, where I always go for precise definitions. And it said in there, it says, a delight of the mind. Well, I would actually disagree with that part of that definition. I believe it's a delight of the spirit. We renew our mind, but it, true joy is in your spirit. It, it's not in your mind. Your, your, your mind is a transient thing, the thoughts you have in your mind. It's a spirit. A delight of the spirit from the consideration of the present or assured approaching possession of a good. Oh my gosh, think about the joy. Think about the joy that that brings. Think about, think about this term. Assured approaching possession of a good. You see, as born-again believers... When we keep our focus in the right place, when we keep our focus on Jesus, when we keep our focus on the Lord, we are assured, assured. In fact, it's already been a given gift. We are assured of possessing the goodness of God. We're assured of that. It's not a maybe. Remember Moses when he said, Lord, show me your goodness, and, and the Lord said, I'm going to show you my glory? Or he said, I, I, show me your glory and I'm going to show you my goodness. You see, we are assured of possessing the goodness and the glory of God here on this earth. Second definition in Noah Webster's dictionary was a glorious and triumphant state. A glorious and triumphant state. You see, we walk in triumph in Christ. We walk in triumph in Christ. Walking in the joy of the Lord, walking in the joy of the Lord is a glorious and triumphant position. It is a glorious and triumphant state. <clears throat> Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? Speaking of Jesus, Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 2, right? It says, so what happened there? He was in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain. He knew what was coming. He knew the cross. 
He knew what he had to endure. But you see, he looked beyond the cross to the joy of his father. Eternal peace. And he purchased that for us. That's what he purchased for us. So see, we can do the same thing. We can do we can do likewise. We can look beyond our mistakes. We can look beyond the pain. We can look beyond difficult trials, temptations, to the, to the joy set before us. Hallelujah. So, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And... You know, there's a difference, before I go to all the scriptures, we're just going to be meditating on scriptures today. That's what we're going to be doing. Before we go there, there is a difference between joy and, you know, earthly happiness or happiness. There's nothing wrong with earthly happiness. There's, you know, things that we acquire, thing, accomplishments, accomplishments that we achieve, those are good things, right? The, the scripture says that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. The scripture says that. He gives us things richly to enjoy. But our true joy, our true source of joy, the only place where we can receive true joy is communion with our Father. Communion with our Father. Being in the presence of our Father. Walking in the love of our Father. So we can, we can diminish our joy. We can, we can break that communion if we choose to. But you see, God never breaks it. God never breaks that. His love is forever for us. Jesus is always at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. And we can, isn't that good news? Isn't that really good news? Isn't it good news that he never removes, we're in the church age, he, he never removes that covenant of love. He never removes that. We can break it, but we're the only ones that can break it. To me, that's really great news. Because he is ever, ever before us with open arms. That's good news to me. Because if I walk away, I can come back. And the nice thing is no shame. No shame. So anyway, we're going to go meditate on a bunch of scriptures today. And we're going to start in Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So what was going on here? What was going on? Ezra, Ezra, he was a priest, a scribe. He brought the people revelation of the word. Revelation of the word. Things that they had not understood before. Things that they had not received revelation. So here's what Ezra did. He came before the people, and from daybreak until noon, he just read the word. He was just reading the word, expounding on the word. And this brought revelation of God in his ways, his ways, 
to the hearts of the people. To the, and they rejoiced greatly as a result of receiving that revelation knowledge. An increase of knowledge brings an increase of intimacy with our Lord, with our Father. An increase of understanding. You see, God's not trying to hide anything from us. Ever. Nehemiah 8, verse 3. Nehemiah 8, verse 3. It said, And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. In other words, they inclined their hearts. They inclined their hearts. They listened attentively to the word. They didn't let it go in one ear and out the other. Okay, I've done my duty. I've read my word. No waiting to hear. No, 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 no. From daybreak till noon, they stood there listening, attending their hearts, inclining their ears, allowing it to come in and transform their souls to bring life. Wow, the word of God is alive. It transforms. It transforms. They incline their hearts. They were teachable. You can read all you want, and if you're not going to read with a teachable spirit, don't think that you're really learning at that point. We must have teachable spirits. We must allow God to talk to us, to correct us, to encourage us, to build our faith. We've got to cut out the distractions. And focus on the gifts that he has for us in his word. Lord, give us a desire in our hearts to truly know you. Because, Lord, when we truly know you, there will be nothing here on earth that can defeat the joy that that brings to us. Hallelujah. Verse 7 and 8, I'm still in Nehemiah 8. The Levites instructed the people in the law. Verse 8, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Verses 10, 12, and 17. I'm going to kind of skip through some of these. I'm not going to read them in full. It said, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drink, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Why was it holy? Why was it special? It's because of the revelation of the word that was being revealed. That's a holy thing. That's a holy, precious Precious thing. Verse 12. Oh no, going on in verse. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, there is a time, saints, to put it down. Rejoice in the Lord. Allow his word to bring you strength. Move on. (laughs) Move on. Walk in the strength that he offers us. Verse 12. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and to send portions of food and to celebrate 
with great joys because their souls were being renewed and refreshed and strengthened. So they celebrated with great joy at the revelation of the word because the word of God gives life. It's sharp. It's active. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword divided between the and the carnal. Dividing between the soul, the soulish realm, and the spirit realm. That's what the word of God does. If you're having trouble in this world, allow the word of God to infiltrate your spirit and make a division between the carnal and the spirit. And choose the spirit and take life. Take strength, take comfort, take counsel, take joy. You see, we, we, we cannot walk in the counsel of the Lord and not have joy. Impossible. That's an impossible thing. He brings us life. To celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Verse 17, from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Why was their joy great? Because they inclined their ears attentively to the word, received, they were teachable, they received revelation, knowledge. That brings us joy, that brings us strength. Do we have to work? Do we have to put a little effort in? Yeah, okay. But what you receive from that minimal amount of effort is irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. You can't put a value on it. Invaluable. Revelation of God's word is joy. Revelation of God's word is joy in him. And as a born-again believer, you have everything you need. You've got the Holy Spirit. He is your counselor, your teacher, your guide, your comfort. Call on him, he reveals the word. It brings us strength. Strength, the word strength in Hebrew, this is what it means. A means or place of protection. Who wants to be in a place of protection? I want to be in a place of protection. Strength, the joy of the Lord. We come from learning his word, revelation of his word, spending time with him, spending time in his presence brings me into a place of protection. Thank you, Jesus. And safety, defense. Defense. Think of that. It is your defense. His joy is your defense. When you stop focusing on the things of the world, stop focusing on the things of the world. Focus on his presence. Focus on his word. Focus on Jesus. It is your defense. When trial and temptation come, the word hidden in your heart is your defender. It'll come up like that. 
You get into a difficult situation, you just say, hey, Jesus. Oh, you know, I just thought of this example. Okay, here, here is an example. Okay, <coughs> my husband and I, we've always taken the kids basically hiking and camping. Been all over the United States, almost every state. We go to national parks, and we hike and camp. And that's what we've always done since they were babies, even before they could walk. Well, anyway, one year, don't remember what, what year, we only had two of the kids then. So it was a long time ago because we have five, and, you know, the last one's about to go to college. Um, so here we are, and we are driving in Colorado, we're between Rocky Mountain, we, we had headed up, and we were, I think, I believe, I believe we were headed down to Uray or somewhere like that, or Leadville, not really sure. My husband has a great memory for that stuff. But anyway, so we're in our little Corolla, packed to the gills. It's really late because, of course, we had hiked all day, and then we get a really late start, and the kids are in the back seat, and we're in the front, and there's food and, you know, but it's late. They're, they're sleeping <coughs> and, well, they're wishfully sleeping. Usually they didn't sleep in the car, which is always another whole issue. But anyway, so we're packed to the gills and we're going down a mountain highway and no guardrails. It's probably like, like 11 or midnight at night. We're trying to get to our next hotel because we were going to go camping there in a different, or I mean, uh, hiking in a different place. So anyway, here we are, and probably over this side here, you can't, you can't even really see back into the abyss, but once this accident happened, of course, then we could see that, you know, there was like no guardrail, and it was like just down, 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 because we're on the side of a mountain. So we're driving, I'm driving, <laughs> and all of a sudden, we hit something, but I hadn't even really seen it until the very last second. I mean, the headlights were on, but I did not see it. It was an elk, a dead elk, in the middle of the road. We're right here, no guardrail. The car went airborne. This little Corolla, I mean, you could feel it. The car went airborne. There was no time to do anything other than say, Jesus. That's it. Jesus. We, there was someone behind us. They saw the whole thing. So we go airborne. Oh, because, you know, the car hits and it goes like airborne. And like, we just like come down. And everybody's okay. You see? A word hidden in your heart, Jesus, can be your salvation. We could have just as easily plummeted over the edge of the mountain. But Jesus didn't let that happen. The word hidden in your heart can be your salvation. It is your salvation. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, I hope that's a helpful. It is your defense. Other words for strength. Fortress, refuge, Stronghold. The joy of the Lord is your place of protection and safety, your defense, your fortress, your refuge, and your stronghold. Spend time with him in his 
word. Let his word minister and change your mind. Enlighten your spirit. Psalm 19, 7 through 14. The beauty, this, the beauty of the word of God. This is, this is amazing. I love this scripture. I read it to remind myself that when I don't understand things, that it, that's me. That's my flesh. But I can turn to the word and he perfects my situation. The beauty of the word. This, is, this psalm is all about the beauty of the word and what it will accomplish in our lives. The law of the Lord is perfect. You see, I don't need to be perfect. I, I could never achieve being perfect. But I have a word of God that is perfect and draws me into the perfection of God, his holy presence. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Who needs to be refreshed? I need to be refreshed every day. I receive that refreshing. His word brings me refreshing. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise this simple. You see, I don't have to know it all. I don't have to know it all because he's trustworthy. I just let him guide me, and then I just, like, follow. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? You don't have to know it all, saints. You just have to know where to find it. This word speaks about anything you'll ever need. In your life, any situation, it will guide you and help you. I don't need to know it all. That is so comforting to me because I know that I just sometimes I don't figure it out. And then the Holy Spirit just says, okay, do it this way, Lisa Marie. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. I let you do all the thinking for me. I don't have to wear myself out. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> that makes me happy. That makes me joy. That, I receive the joy of the Lord when that happens. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Even in his discipline, it will bring you joy. His discipline will bring you joy in the end. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. His commands bring light to your spiritual eyes. Ephesians 1.18. Right? Open the eyes of my understanding, Lord. Let that be my prayer. Open the eyes of my understanding. And see, he does it. He does it. I will attend my heart to your word. And it will open the eyes of my understanding. And I will receive joy unspeakable. And full of glory, full of your glory in my life. Isn't that what we're all after? That's what I'm after. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure. That doesn't mean being afraid. It means revering, honoring, honoring. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm. Wow, look at what every look at all that this is giving you. 
The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. This is that after which we seek. See, this is a gift to every born-again believer. I know this is Old Testament, but these are promises. This is the accomplishment of the word. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will always warn me. You will keep my foot from stumbling. You will catch me out of the fowler snare. Thank you. And if I've fallen in the pit, you're going to raise me up. If I think I'm in the lion's den, you're going to protect me because I'm going to cling to you and you alone. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward, freedom from the traps of the enemy because the enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may deceive. And I will return to your word, and I will receive truth, a spirit of truth. And I am saved. That brings me joy. (laughs) But who can discern their own errors? In other words, you know what? Yeah, we don't always discern perfectly, do we? Sometimes we get in the flesh, don't we? Well, God understands that. He's telling us here. Who can discern their own errors? In other words, we, we, we don't always understand all our own faults and errors. And isn't it nice that at that point in time, we can just go to the Word and get light in a time of trouble. He is our ever-present help in time of trouble. Ever-present. Ever-present. ever Present. He does not ever leave. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. You see, God understands us. God knows. It's okay, saints. He has mercy. He has mercy. We turn back to him. We turn around. Oops, I went the wrong way. I'm going back. Yeah. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless. That doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean without mistake. But you see, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. When you are a born-again Christian, he sees you through the blood, Jesus' blood, which removed the curse of the law, Jesus' blood. He sees you through his son, righteous before him. The righteousness of God through Christ. He keeps our foot from the fowler's snare. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, Father. 1 Chronicles 16, 
I'm going to read verses 10, 27, and 31. Glory in his holy name. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. You see, seeking the Lord with your heart brings rejoicing. You can't help it. (laughs) You need a little joy? Go to his word. Seek his face. Get in his presence. Sometimes, you know, you're, you, you do this and, and you might feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting anything. But in the spirit, that's totally impossible. It's totally impossible. There may, may be some walls that need to be broken down, but the Holy Spirit does it. You just stay there. You just don't give up. You just persevere. You just keep going back to the word. And then in a moment's time when you didn't even expect it, all of a sudden, all of heaven breaks loose and a moment of clarity comes through. And it sets you on a brand new path. The light and the love of Jesus never gives up. The light and the love of Jesus will penetrate any darkness. You just got to hang in there, dear child. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. You see, when we seek the Lord, when we get into his presence, when we read the word, when we ask the Holy Spirit to give us revelation, our spirits leap for joy. We enter into a whole new dimension. We leave the earthly tethers, the chains, the shackles, the things that so easily beset us. They break asunder in the presence of the Almighty God. And we rejoice. Praise you, Father. Splendor and majesty are before him. Saints, just please, please, just meditate on these words. Splendor and majesty are before him. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? Splendor and majesty and rejoicing and joy in the presence of our Father. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. O Lord, that my only heart's desire would be to, to be in your dwelling place, to dwell with you, to reside with you, to continue with you, to be in habitation with you. Dwell, I will in the house of the Lord forever. Dwelling. What does dwelling mean? It's a habitation. It's a place of residence. We must take up residence with God. We must take up residence with God. Reside in his love. Know him. Remember what I said at the beginning? A deep inner peace that comes from knowing 
We must know that he is the lover of our souls. Read it in the word. If you are not convinced, if you think that you are too unlovable or you've done too many wrong things, reside. Get to know him better than you know people because that's where you're getting all that junk. Because we serve a loving father. We are in the church age. Where his love, his mercy, his grace are being poured out. We are not in the tribulation. You will not be here in the tribulation if you are a believer in Christ and you are looking for him. His wrath comes in the tribulation. This is an age of the love of God being poured out onto the souls of men into our very hearts. And you need to get to know him and know that about him. Because it is the devil and the devil only that will try to bring fear and hauntings of your past and upsetness and and fear of lack. And none of that. It is the love of God shed abroad on our hearts that draws. And that's how you know God. Know his character for you. You are precious in his sight. He has good plans for you. He has goodness. And you need to stop. If this is what you're doing. You need to stop focusing on the mistakes of the past, failures, disappointments, what you think other people think about you, and understand God's heart for you. Dwelling, (laughs) dwelling, dwelling with him in a place of life. That's where he has, that's what he has for us, a place of life. Dwelling in a place of life and love and goodness with our God. You see, our place of life must be communion with our Father for the only, for true joy to be our garrison, for true joy to be the strength of our lives. We have to know him. We have to let him come in and redeem every situation and give us hope and a future that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We must allow his love to pour in and to reside knowing that he is a good, good father. He always has our good in mind. People do not not have your good in mind. Carnal carnal creatures are selfish. They want what they want, and they want it from you. God only has your goodness. Good for you. Your protection, your freedom in mind. Can't read the Bible. You can't read the Word without knowing how much He loves you. You can't. You won't be able to do that.
Even in his discipline, his love is seen for us. It's poured out because he's protecting us. He's protecting us. Verse 31, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. When we allow God to reign as supreme in our lives, supreme God, supreme authority, supreme love, supreme father, supreme friend, He becomes our joy. He invades our soul. And we receive strength. Psalm 21.6. This was speaking, this psalm speaks about how um, the Lord blessed David. Now remember, David was no saint. David made a lot of mistakes, you see, but he understood His strength, he received strength of the Lord because he understood God's mercy. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. You see, this is how we receive joy. We're talking about how to walk in joy. See, God, no matter the mistakes that David made, God didn't remove his presence. He committed adultery. He murdered. God did not remove his presence. David could have not allowed himself to be forgiven, and then he could have walked away from the goodness of God and all the wonderful things that God had for him, but he didn't do that. Instead, he inclined his understanding to his father and who his father was, and he received mercy. That's good news to me. Hallelujah. See, our friends will be fickle. We don't serve a fickle God. He hangs in there with us. Psalm 119, 111. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. It's really clear how we're supposed to receive the joy of the Lord. It's really clear. In his word. Proverbs 10, 28. The prospect of the righteous is joy. That doesn't mean you do everything right. That means you have, you are the righteousness of God. Under New Testament, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your future is joy. Your future is joy. In Christ, your future is joy. Isaiah 35, we're going to read a lot of this. And, and this, this speaks, I think maybe we'll read the whole thing. But this speaks about the joy of the redeemed, okay? And I understand that this, this particular passage speaks of the millennial reign and the tribulation before and everything that's going to happen. But we're going to take that and we're going to look at the package of redemption. You see, we have been given an amazing blessing an amazing promise for the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. The desert and the parched land will be glad. See, when, 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 we, get to, when we allow the Lord to be our redeemer, we receive this. We receive this. 
The desert and the parched land will be glad. Have you ever gone through a desert? Have you ever gone through a parched land? You know what? He's going to turn it into gladness. Have you ever been in a wilderness? If you're in a wilderness now, the wilderness will rejoice and blossom. It's not going to remain a wilderness. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Sweetheart, on the other side of the wilderness is rejoicing and great joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. I choose to see the splendor of my God regardless of anything going on here. I will choose to focus beyond the present trouble. I will choose to keep my eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. I will cling. I will cling to him. Strengthen the feeble knees. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, if you have a fearful heart, a troubled heart, Concerns, anxieties of the world weighing on you. Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. And for us as believers, he's already come. He's here in our midst. He's a whisper away. That's a bad word, away. I don't know what other word to use, but you get the point. He's within a whisper. He's within a whisper. That's all it takes. He's within a whisper. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for telling me that. You're within a whisper. The slightest nudge the slightest inclination, you're there. You're there. He is here, saints, for the believer. He is here. He's here for everybody. It's just a matter of calling on his name. He is your safety. He is your answer. He is your strength. He is your redeemer. He is your peace. He is your joy. He is your comforter. He is your forgiveness. He is your supply, your provision, your freedom from lack, your freedom from the chains and the snares and the lies and the wiles of the devil. He is your truth. Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and divine retribution. He will come to save you. To save you. 
Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. This is your promise, saints. This is the promise for every born-again believer. The burning sand will become a pool. (coughs) The thirsty ground, bubbling springs. In the haunts where the jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. A highway for you, saints. Clear shot to the God of your salvation. Clear shot to the presence of the Almighty God. Clear shot into the joy of the Lord. A highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness when we cling to the ways of our Father. Not looking to the left or to the right. Keeping our eyes stayed on him. Receiving the love that he has for us. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Listen to the rest of this promise. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing, everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness. And joy will overtake them. Overtake. Overtake. With joy and gladness for me, for you. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. If you are in a time of sorrow and sighing, allow the joy of the Lord to become your strength. And that will flee away. When we allow his love in, when we allow him to guide us, when we return to his word, when we allow him to direct us, to discipline us, forgive us, when we allow, you have got to allow God to forgive you. You're the one that has to do that. He's, when you repent, when you return to him and you say you're sorry about something, he's already forgiven you, but you need to convince yourself. You need to receive it. You need to understand who the loving father is. He will comfort us. He he has forgiven us. He will teach us. He will strengthen us. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, and I'm only going to read 6, 7, 9, and 12. Verse 6, Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake their ways. Turn the other way. Turn the other way. Go back to God. Forsake those other ways that the devil is trying to incline you toward and their unrighteous thoughts and the the unrighteous their thoughts. 
Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. Don't let anybody tell you anything other than that when you turn to the Lord. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. I don't see a single condition in there other than turning to the Lord. You don't have to whip yourself. You don't have to pay a bunch of pens. You don't have to castigate yourself. You don't have to think you're an ugly sinner, a dirty worm. You know, you, you, it just says, turn to the Lord and he has mercy. And to our God, and he will freely pardon Quit making it so entirely difficult because you want to receive the punishment that the devil is trying to speak into your life. We do not serve a hard task master. As the heavens are higher, verse 9, Isaiah 55, 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You see? See, people were just so tempted to, to accept the groveling nonsense of the, of the world. His ways are so much higher. His ways are ways of majesty, glory, splendor, strength, joy, so far above what Satan wants you to accept in your life, so far above. Why not receive the better of the two right now? If you've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can receive all this right now. You just say, you just say, dear Lord, I believe Jesus was, go ahead, go ahead, just say that right now, right where you are. Dear Lord, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died on the cross for me. I receive you now. Thank you. Thank you for coming into my life and making me your child, your very own son or daughter. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I repent of anything I've done that, that displeases you, and I receive your redemption. I receive your forgiveness. I am now your born-again child. You know, if you did that just now, every single promise in this word belongs to you. Fear not, dear child. Isaiah 55, 9. You know what? If you just receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know what the scripture says? It says that the angels in heaven are rejoicing over you. Do you know that the scripture says that God rejoices over you with singing? Zephaniah 3.17. Verse 9, Isaiah 55.9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 12, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. 
If you're going through a hard time, let this promise sink into your heart. Let it comfort you. His peace passes all understanding. Let the peace of God fill your hearts. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You see, we, his joy returns unto us when we turn unto him. <laughs> there is no unredeemable situation. Hallelujah. John 15, 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love, Jesus. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Living in the love of God, a safe place, a safe haven, a place of strength, a fortress, a defender. Living in the love of God is joy, accepting his love, allowing him to heal, allowing him to forgive, allowing him to wash us. A place of joy. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Be intentional, saints. Beloved, be intentional. When you see the dark cloud coming, raise your hand and rejoice in the God of your salvation. First Peter 1, 8 through 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> For you are receiving the end result of your faith. The end result of your faith, believing in him, a place of glorious, unending joy, the salvation of your souls, because you believe. Not because of your works, not because you have to please him and do a million things to make him happy with you. He's happy with you. Get it. When you are a believer in Christ, he is happy with you. He may not like everything you do all the time. Right? For you are receiving the end result of your faith. We must cling to our faith. We must never give up. Our faith in God is our only salvation, a redemption, healing, protection. Our faith in God, our love for him, knowing his mercy, knowing his love for us, trusting him, being steadfast and assured that even when we don't see it, standing in a full assurance, in the full assurance of our faith. 
seeing the good end that he has for us, enduring, looking beyond the cross, looking beyond the circumstances of the world, not receiving what the world is calling chaos, keeping our focus in the right place, even in the middle of the storm. And it brings joy. It brings joy to our hearts. So today we've spoken about a, a lot of scriptures. We've spoken through, we've, we've meditated on a lot of scriptures. These are just some of them. You can find more. See, we, we do this because we put ourselves in remembrance of the goodness of God. That's why we do this. There's no better answer for anything you're going through than a scripture, the word of God. We put ourselves in remembrance of the joy set before us through Christ, through Christ, just like he did, just like he looked to the joy beyond the cross. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Let us run with perseverance. Does this take perseverance? Yes, it takes perseverance. It takes a, a willing heart. It takes a teachable spirit. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him. You see, why was he the perfecter of faith? The Holy Spirit just asked me that question. Why was he the perfecter of faith? Because he persevered. He looked beyond the cross. He knew what the circumstance was, and he didn't lose focus. He looked to the triumph beyond the cross. He looked to the resurrection. He looked to the redemption. He looked to the victory. What is the victory that overcomes? Even our faith. Where do we build our faith? In the word. It brings us joy, and that joy brings us strength. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And he's invited you to do the very same <laughs> as a believer. And don't let anyone tell you that that's too big of a promise. Because it is the promise that God has for you. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Heir to every spiritual blessing <laughs> in Christ. That brings me joy. Hallelujah. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners. You're not a sinner anymore once you believe, but you might sin, but you're no longer defined as a sinner. Okay? Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners. For each of us, each of us, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do not lose heart, saints. Take the joy of the Lord as your strength. Times may be hard, 
but we don't live here in the world. We're not in the world. We're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're of a reborn again spirit. We live in a new dimension. We have an ascended life, the promise of victory. We have Jesus, the redeemer of our souls and of every difficult situation. Thank you, Lord. The true prescription for our joy is communion with our Father. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You might have a momentary, fleeting, fun thing or a certain gladness. Nothing wrong with fun things as long as they're, you know, not sin. But true joy is only in communion with Christ and with our Father God. He is a sure foundation for our times, Isaiah 33. Don't lose, don't lose sight of that, saints. He will be your foundation through difficult times. In his ways are peace and joy forevermore. In his ways are peace and joy forevermore. Isaiah 26.3 God keeps in perfect peace those who trust in him. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I trust in the Lord. I trust in what Jesus has done for me. I receive what Jesus has done for me. All of it. All of it. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for people who need the peace, we all need it. We all need it. We all need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. It is the way we get through down here in this world. Lord, I just pray for every person listening and for every family represented. I thank you, Lord, that you bring your joy and your peace to their situations. I thank you that you bring joy and peace to every troubled heart. I thank you that you bring joy and peace to every tumultuous situation. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened unto your word and unto your love for us, Lord God. And I praise you for it, Lord. I praise you for it. God, my rock and my redeemer, a sure foundation, the joy of my heart. Now, saints, just receive his joy. We're going we're gonna to take communion. And when we take communion, you know, communion is, has been spoken about as the meal that heals, and it's true. It's true. So when you take communion, I, I want you to receive, believe that you are receiving the peace, the true peace, the inner peace, the joy, the strength of the Lord. Believe that you receive his joy. I'm going to go to Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 14. Luke 22, verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired. You know, he desires you. He desires you. I have eagerly desired. He desires. He desires communion with you. You. You person. 
desires communion with you. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks. I'm going to read it first, then we're going to go up back and, and take the cup. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we take communion, we remember We think about, we accept, we receive what the Lord did for us. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. You are seen through the blood when you are born again believer, which is poured out for you. Hallelujah. So we're going to take the bread. You go ahead. You take your bread. Thank you, Lord, that you suffered and died, allowed your body to be broken for me, for my healing, for my provision. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup of his blood, poured out for you. Thank you, Lord, that you were willing to pour out your blood and that you took it and poured it out on the mercy seat for me. And as a born-again believer, Father God, you see me through the You see me through the blood. This cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to do, I'm going to take offering. I'm going to actually go to Mark 4, (coughs) verse 26. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, you see, God will grow your seed. You've got the seed of the word. You plant that into people's lives. And you've got the seed of your finances. And he will bring you a harvest. You may not know how it's going to grow, but it's going to grow because the word says it. End of discussion. Quit louding all your doubts. Not yours. Nobody here. Don't allow the doubts of the devil to get in the way of you receiving a blessing for your giving. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. When you sow your seed, expect a harvest, period. 
expect a harvest. And I'm going to prove to you that God has a harvest intended for you. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now he who ministers seed to the sower, he ministers seed to you. He ministers seed to the sower. And bread for food will also supply and increase, or minister and increase, your store of seed. I would like to have my store increased. Well, it's a promise for us. It says he will. Supply and increase your store of feed, and I will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Thank you, Lord. I receive an enlarged harvest in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're in the parking lot or you're watching online and you want to send in an offering, it's P.O. Box 1577, Washington, Missouri, or you can go to rivercity.us, rivercity.us, and hit the donate button. So I'm going to pray over your offerings. This ministry prays over all offerings, all tithes. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for ministering this seed that these people are placing before you today. I thank you that it goes into good ground and that a harvest comes up in ways for them that they don't even know how it occurred except by the mighty hand of God. I thank you that you increase their store and that you give them a mighty harvest for the seed that they are planting and that it is used to your glory and only your glory in ways that you direct in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So you're dismissed. I love everybody. More importantly, the, love, the, the, Lord, the Lord loves you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.